Edibulas 2 podcast on the original Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy radio drama, episode 4. Hello everyone and welcome. I am David. I am Ben. And tonight we are discussing the Fit the Fourth, where we learn all about deep thought and uh, meet Shooty and Bang Bang and the mice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, deep thought. Yeah, this is a cracking episode. It is. It's a lot of information to take in. It's it's mostly dramatized narrative. We don't have a lot with the main characters. Arthur's in Slutty Bardfrost's office listening to archive audio. And Zaphod, Ford, and Trillian are off being wined and dined by mice. It's the guest cast that really carry this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Which is hilarious because all the way through we've been thinking, I don't know, or at least We've been thinking because Arthur's been thinking that they're like under severe danger and that they're, they're just having a very nice meal. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were shot and then they were given a nice dinner to make up for it. <laughs> very Python-y, I felt, with the uh, with Shooty and Bang Bang and then the Union of Philosophers. That's super Python. <laughs> Philosophers, sages, and other thinking people. <laughs> yep. Which is nothing wrong with being Python. He gives it a, a, an excellent um, hitchhiker's spin, but very Python-y, I felt. Yeah, yeah. Vroom Fondle was played by Jim Broadbent. Yeah, and is a huge actor. I mean, he's in everything. Jim Broadbent's awesome. Um, very accomplished comic book writer as well. Really? And um, podcast fans, if you've never come across the National Theatre of Brent, which he collaborated on several hilarious episodes with um check out the national theater of brent on youtube um because he is a uh-huh. very very funny man my first encounter outside of the radio drama was in black adder where he played kind of bit parts in black adder he played prince albert in the christmas carol yeah he was kind of the kind of bit part guy and that's sort of what he does with the national theater of brent he's not the main character he's uh-huh. like um uh oh shoot i can't remember who the main guy is on national theater of brent Anyway, he's like he's like the sidekick, mm-hmm. um, the kind of dumb sidekick. But yeah, an absolutely hilarious man. Well worth following his career where it goes all over the place, basically. Um, and Peter Hawkins. Uh, a Dalek voice. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually found the mice voice a little bit too speeded up for my ancient ears. I was like, hang on, what, what are they saying now? But um, it, it seems like a hilarious slight waste of Peter Hawkins' talent, to be honest. <laughs> To be a mouse. Yeah, to be like just a random speeded up voice. Because they could have used anybody because you weren't mm-hmm. going to be able to tell. So, anyway. Well, you wanted to go with the best. You won't go with Peter Hawkins, who is Frankie Mouse. <laughs> he was probably just walking past the studio and they said, Pete, do you want to come and be a mouse? He went, all right. <laughs> and the ubiquitous David Tate. Yeah. Uh, not playing a computer this time, is playing Benji Mouse. So Benji Mouse, th- exactly. Those are our two mice. Yeah. Uh, according to the show notes here, Douglas Adams based shooting and bang bang on starsky and hutch oh yeah the american cop show and i think they are steam sealers with their uh, liberal enlightened uh <laughs> oh they're great stick. they're great they're great and again i mean i i don't know how closely like americans would have picked this up when it was first broadcast but they're totally like what english people think americans sound like <laughs> basically that's what we all think you sound like and also mm. thought of how we think you all behave as well to be honest well they're blowing up magrathia just to reclaim the heart of gold so yeah there you go. <laughs> exactly yeah exactly um 
another thing I was wondering whether it translated well, obviously the, the union of, um, you know, better than I do the philosophers union. Um, mm-hmm. that's obviously like a, well, a, it's a satire on, you know, British unions of the 1970s, which were yep. like demarcation was like the thing. <laughs> um, yep. and of course for Dr. Who fans on both sides of the Atlantic, we only know too much about British unions of the 1970s and demarcation because it's the dread is electricians who would pull the plug <laughs> at the end of recording. At 10 o'clock, at 10 o'clock. every night. <laughs> yeah, if you hadn't got it done by 10, too bad. Yep, they had to get special dispensation. Exactly, and if you try to put the plug back in again, they go on strike because it's demarcation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Adam's take on that is they were easily bought out by giving him a talk show. <laughs> exactly. I mean, everybody, everybody wants a talk show in this in this episode. The mice... Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they're offering talk shows. The the cops want a talk show. Uh, um, uh, uh, the, um, uh, the uh, hang on, where am I going with this? Magic Thighs, Room Frondel wanted talk shows. Oh, yeah, yeah, they want, yeah, everybody, everybody wants a talk show. You know, today, uh, Magic Thighs and Room Frondel would have a podcast, and they'd probably call it the... They would have a podcast, Magrathia yeah. too, I would guess. Absolutely. Is he really called Magic Thighs? <laughs> M A J I K T H I S E. Yeah, that's magic, magic thighs. thighs. Magic thighs. Um, that sounds a little bit sexual to me. Naughty, <laughs> naughty Douglas. So again, like the whole theme of kind of meaninglessness mm-hmm. on this. I, I guess this is what I'm really picking up from the show this time round. Is just mm-hmm. that this kind of existential, you know, nothing really matters. Right. Um, everything is ultimately completely meaninglessness, meaningless, including the final answer to the ultimate question is meaningless. Right. It's 42. Which is kind of anticlimactic. Absolutely. Well, I think the whole the whole thing. <laughs> I guess that's on, the whole point. Yeah. Based on anticlimactic. The other thing I think I liked as well is the um, the buildup of these kind of multidimensional super beings, these kind of like Lovecraftian gods who construct this mighty computer. Mm-hmm. And then when we actually zoom in to hear their story, they're just like some people in a room, like having the same kind of idiot, <laughs> idiotic conversations as we do. Um, mm-hmm. And even when they can protrude into our own dimension as mice, they're just kind of venal, horrible kind of BBC executives having a meal. <laughs> so again, it's even, if, even when we talk about gods, they're just as kind of stupid as we are. Mm-hmm. These pan-dimensional beings, and a little bit later in the story... They have uh, Arthur's, uh, I'm having trouble with my lifestyle, falling through a wormhole in space back through time. And when these aliens come to our dimension, finding out it was our universe that caused this great and terrible war, they come in miniaturized and then they were swallowed by a small dog. Exactly. So we have these uh, extra dimensional beings, but they always are coming in as very small creatures, uh, small spaceships, small mice. The scale is way off. Yeah, which is, again, a great comedic presentation of, you know, what's interesting about the universe, which is like on our planet, things are bigger and things are small, but actually when you get out into deep space... Mm -hmm the difference between big and small is makes no difference at all. Basically things are exactly the same, whether they're big or small size has no meaning. Yeah. Space Space is is big. big. It's really big. You can't believe how vastly, hugely mind boggling big space. is. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Did you recognize the actor who was playing deep thought? Oh, who was the actor who was playing deep thought? Jeffrey McGiven. It's Ford. Oh, it was McGiven, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and he does a great job because, I mean, it, it's hard to tell. 
Mm-hmm. Got a little bit of voice treatment in there, a little different acting style, and it's deep thought, totally different yeah. voice. And again, I think we're going to have to shout out to the whole sound design and music and everything. I mean, it's just so perfectly mm-hmm. made. I mean, it could have been could have been made yesterday um, in terms of, you know, the kind of sound design. Um, just absolutely wonderful. It's very choice selects, deep cuts of two or three different LP uh, songs, but then just the whole sound design with the explosions, the beeps, uh, even just the treatment of the mice voices, which the one we heard is the second take on the mice voices. The the actors originally had done it just really trying to do it squeaky voices, but then they re-recorded it uh, going slowly, and then they sped it up and harmonized it a bit. So it's a lot of focus on the soundscape, which really is pleasurable to listen to. Yeah, and I can only imagine, you know, that this, again, talking about hitchhikers being really influential, um, I I feel it must have been super, must have been super influential on sound design. And I think it was about this time, actually, you you know, the the BBC Lord of the Rings, right? Mm -hmm. The radio Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm which is, again, a magical piece of sound design. I mean, the BBC was just amazing in this period in terms of what they were pumping out on the radio. Yeah. I think the two biggest influences on sound design probably were Star Wars with Ben Burt, that whole lived-in Star Wars sound, and then this combining prog rock tracks and backing audio and then uh, playing with stereo. And then... Just the whole having access to the BBC Radiophonic Workshop, those types of sounds and unique, because it used to be with the Radiophonic Workshop, a producer would call and say, I need this and this sound, and it was unique to that program. They weren't going to reuse it just because you used a noise in Doctor Who. You weren't going to reuse it in Blake 7 or in Hitchhikers. You were going to get unique noises, and I think... When you had a repeat noise, like uh, Major Bloodnock's stomach from the Goon Show being used in Doctor Who, that really stood out as a re- as something recycled because that's something that just wasn't that common. I think when Radiophonic Workshop was doing the sound designs, right, right, right. Yeah, I've very much enjoyed this episode. It's a, it's a, it's a really smartly made, cleverly done piece of writing. Mm-hmm. Um, very funny. And yeah, unique, wonderful. Yeah, it really is. It's interesting uh, the bit where Slarty Barfuss must have some familiarity with early '60s sitcoms because he's because he seems to speak with some familiarity to what Arthur is saying, but then he kind of covers for it. Right. I guess what I'm trying to say is that what you were saying yesterday, how he is pretending not to know as much as what's going on than what it actually is going on. And he seems to have this familiarity with early 60s sitcoms that he gets the reference, but then he says, I really don't know much about them at all to Arthur. That So it's yeah, kind of weird i don't know <laughs> yeah i mean he does become more as you were describing him yesterday i did and again it's yesterday he had this kind of diffident tone to his voice but you certainly pick up the kind of enthusiasm for the um the modeling in this episode yep he saw his work as high art yeah, yeah. so things that are infinitely quotable i think one of the things that i said quite a bit back when we used to have house phones rather than cell phones that would ring 
I would be saying what uh, one of the mice was saying, hell's bells, what is it now, whenever the telephone would ring. So that is one of the quotable lines from Hitchhikers that I worked into daily conversation, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I still think to myself, you know, that line from Deep Thought, you know, I don't think you're going to like it. I, I still think that, just as I still say "byroid" to myself every time I pick up a biro. Yeah, byroid life. Byroid forms. life forms. Ah, <laughs> uh, the byroids. Doctor Who and the byroids coming soon to Big Finish. <laughs> <laughs> if they haven't already done it. <laughs> Any more? I didn't have a lot of notes here. No, I actually I was enjoying it so much that I didn't actually I didn't note down a huge amount because it was mm-hmm. so much fun. All right, so Great. I think that's good. Um, our heroes are crouched behind a computer as yeah. Shooty and Bang Bang fire away their laser cannons at them, and we're going to find out what happens when it explodes. Oh. So thank you for listening to uh, Metabulous 2 Bonus on the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I have been thinking deep thoughts with Ben. And I really don't think you're going to like what I have to say. Um, when I was saying it with David, ah, <laughs> uh, that didn't work real well. Anyway, you know what I mean. Bye. Bollocks, I haven't recorded any of this. I didn't push record.